First Samuel, the 17th chapter we're going to read. As soon as we get going, you're going to know where we are and what we're talking about. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shochach. That's as good as I can do with that. I don't know how that's pronounced. Anyway. <laughs> but I looked that up. I looked that town up. Because and, and, in the Bible, most of the names in the Bible have a significant meaning. And I looked that up, and it means fence or hedge. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered at that place which belongeth to Judah, or it could read together at hedge or fence, which belonged to Judah and pitched between, that word again, shaka, shaka and and azekah. I got that one, azekah. Azekah means strength of walls. So now we're talking about a fence or a hedge, and the strength of walls. In Ephus Damim, Ephus Damim. Ephus Damim means border of blood. The border of blood. So let me read that again. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were together at hedge, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between hedge and strength of walls in the border of blood. That just makes you go, hmm. I heard it all over the house. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. Gath means winepress. Winepress whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat, that's the coat of mail that he wore, was 5,000 shekels of brass. I don't know how heavy that was, but I would imagine it wasn't too lightweight. How much is it? 125 pounds. My Bible doesn't give that description. Thank you. And he had... Greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron. Does your, do you have anything there? How much? 15? 15 pounds. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and he cried unto the armies of Israel, and he said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am, am not I a Philistine and your servants to Saul? 
choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and his And he had eight sons, and the man went among for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went there were Elab, the firstborn, and the next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest And the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. How many knows that when the enemy comes at you, he is long-suffering to keep trying to torment you, push you, prod you to get you to do something? Verse 17. And Jesus said unto David his son, Take now therefore thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp of thine brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousands, and look how the, thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. In other words, the whole nation knows that it's a time of war and that the battles haven't started, and he's sending his youngest son to check on his oldest sons because he's concerned about the battle and will he lose his sons in a war. Verse 19. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shout and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion of the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel? And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and take away the approach from Israel? And for who is this uncircumcised 
Philistine. I love his trash talk. He started right off. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this guy who doesn't fit in the camp? Who is this guy who's running his mouth? Who is this guy who is not following the statutes of God? Mm. So who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Do you see the difference in the perspective of Saul and David here? Saul is sitting back afraid to put a man forward, and David's going, why are you waiting so long? Mm. <laughs> and the people answered him after this manner, saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And uh, Eliab, his, his eldest brother, heard he... <laughs> heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hath thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? In other words, what are you doing down here, you brat? And why aren't you watching our father's sheep? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart. In other words, you big bragger. For thou have come down that thou might see the battle. You just want to see things and get a firsthand look. You didn't come down here with the right heart. You're down here to make it miserable for us. And David said, what, am, what have I now done? <laughs> In other words, he's, what's eating you? Is there not a cause? Oh, my gosh, I love that phrase. Is there not a cause. And he returned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent for him. Now listen, you talk up enough, God will send for you. Mm -hmm. God, no, God reads the heart. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. <laughs> I got to read that again. And David said to Saul, the king, hey, king, here he is. He's a teenage boy. He says, king, really? Don't let anyone be scared of this guy. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against that Philistine to fight with him, for thou art art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto him, Saul, thy, servants, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered him out of the mouth, out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. And the servant slew both the lion and the bear, and that this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defeated the armies of the living God. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the, out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with you. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put, uh, put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, 
for he had not proved it. In other words, he wasn't used to this armament. It didn't feel right. It was uncomfortable, and he wouldn't wear it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. In other words, I'm not used to using these things. And David put them off of him. Oh, man. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose him five smooth stones and out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came out and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves, in other words, with rocks and staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said unto David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Oh, but then David spoke up. All the tall men, the big men in this room right now are nervous because they think I'm going to pull them out and use them as an illustration. Verse 45. <laughs> Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Oh, but I am come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give thy carcass to the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and unto the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He said, curse me if you will, Philistine, but your body will be laid out to rot here in the ground while the beasts of the field devour and leave nothing but your bones in a ravenous, a ravenous appetite. Verse 47, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword or the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give into your hands, give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Oh, come on. When the enemy starts bad-mouthing you and giving you a hard time, that's the time you... You understand that this battle belongs to the Lord. This ain't even my battle. Get out of the way, you cowering army. I got to get to the, the situation because there's something for me to deal with. There's an enemy to silence. There's an enemy to take out. Mm -hmm. If we take that attitude over everything that has the design against us, there is nothing that could stand before us. Don't do that. I'm going to preach. Verse 49, and David put his hand in his bag. Oh, that giant's in trouble. And he took thence a stone and he slang it. Of course, if you know Old Testament, it was just a leather strap with a pouch. And when he would 
throw it in circular. They had a way of releasing one end of it when they would do that. Uh, the, those in the, even in this day and age, there are people who, who practice slinging. And when they slang their sling, I know that's a weird way of saying it, but when they loose it, it has the same power as a rifle shot. It's like releasing a bullet. It moves that fast with that much power. I recently watched on secular TV when they were challenging this story as to whether a rock would be powerful enough to kill a man. They took and they measured the, the pounds per square inch. And when the slinger hit the target with the rock, it was far more than enough power to kill a man. Mm. Wow, I'm not through with 49. And David put his hand in the bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead. I love it when you get the target on the first shot. Mm. The Philistine in his forehead and the stone sunk into his forehead. We don't catch that when we read this. It knocked an indention into his, he broke his skull. It was embedded in his forehead. Mm. Talk about a concussion. Mm. That the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his Face. Understand this. If you're going to set yourself against the God of gods, the king of kings, if you're going to trash talk the true living God, you will end up on your face, dead or alive. Mm. <laughs> so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. It was done. It was over. And smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. You see, in order to finish this, he had to make a mockery of him. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine. He climbed up on him. And he took his sword and he drew it out of the sheaf. Whose sword? Goliath's sword and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Demons are nothing. Mm -hmm. What's your hat say? Slay like David. I ought to be wearing that while I'm preaching right there. Mm. Now, I've got some things here the Lord laid out for me. I'll go through them as quickly as I can. Everybody look at your watch. Grown. we got 20 minutes to get to the top of the hour. Stay with me. We're going somewhere. The first thing we need to understand is the enemy will test you at the border of your boundaries or protection by God. You may be in the kingdom, but that doesn't mean that you aren't, aren't susceptible to an attack from the enemy. 
He will test you at the borders of your resolve in Christ. He'll push your faith. Slap your neighbor a high five. Say, I've had my faith pushed. Mm-hmm. He'll come to the border, to the fence, to the soko. The soko, the shoko, the shakoko. <laughs> he, will, he will come to that fence. He knows he can't cross the bloodline, but he'll come to the fence. He'll mess with you. He'll call you all kinds of names. He'll taunt you, push you to see if you'll step across the border into your flesh for a fight. Oh, I'm talking to some people here. He comes to test the strength of your walls, your resolve, your determination. He's looking for a weakness or a vulnerability in the place that you are determined not to compromise your azica. He comes to test the strength of your walls, your resolve, your determination. He's looking for a weakness or a vulnerability in the place that you are determined not to compromise. The devil stands on the opposite border of you at the bloodline. <laughs> at the Ephes Demim. He will stand at the bloodline because he can't cross it. If that don't make you shout, you're messed up. You need to get to a dead, dry church if you can't shout over that. The devil can come to the bloodline, but he can't cross it. He'll challenge you from the bloodline, but he can't step across. <laughs> mm. The devil wants to get you to act compulsively. He wants to get you off your equilibrium so you will get into a flesh act and come across the line and now you're vulnerable. This is exactly what he was doing to the armies of Saul. Come on, Saul. Send someone over here. Come on. I'm going to taunt you. I'm going to speak bad about you. I'll mock your God. Just send somebody out here to act compulsively because I'm big enough to take you out. And that's true. But he wasn't counting on David. If I was going to, and I am going to, I guess, title this message, it would be the pushback. The pushback. Because the enemy's always standing at the border. By the way, Olivia, it's good to have you home. Always standing at the border of the bloodline. Always trying to get you to take down your fences and let him in your walls. So he can get you to act in the flesh by compulsion so he can take you out. Just too much. 
You see, David and Goliath, if you're facing a, a Goliath, you don't need an army. All you need is the dog determination in the word that you know to push back. The army of Israel was all standing around. <gasps> of course, they were beating on their chest, right? But behind the lines, there was fear in the camp. Cleared us all. There was fear in the camp. Did you know that Saul stood head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel? He was the biggest man. He was the obvious choice. Huh? But there was fear in the throne. He may have been sitting there all regal, but his knees were shaking. <laughs> the enemy always appears bigger than you. Is this all right? This thing's getting hot. Just taking the sleeves out ain't enough. The enemy always appears bigger than you. He's always trash talking. Oh, really? What did he do to Eve? God said not to touch this fruit. Oh, really? The only reason he's doing that is because you'll become better. How many times have you heard the enemy come at you? The other day, the enemy was coming at me, and I, it caught me off guard for a second. Okay, sometimes it does. It caught me off guard for a second, and then I realized who I was. <laughs> I said, Holy Spirit, you, you are with me. You are my partner. You are my accountability, and you are my strength. And I began to pray in a language that I wasn't born with. And I didn't physically hear it, but I could sense the enemy running away. The enemy always appears bigger than you. He's always trash talking. He's always tempting. And he's always belittling you. Always. Putting you down, telling you how stupid you are. He'll get you to do something and step across the bloodline and get compulsive and then go, ha, oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you how stupid you are. How many have heard that voice? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Often people around you doubt your ability to fight the battle and win. Hmm? They often think you're a bother. Go away. You ever tried to offer encouragement to somebody who's going through a battle because you're strong? You're strong in the Lord, and they're not. They're having a vulnerable moment. Listen, when you're in a vulnerable moment, welcome someone strong because you need them in that hour. If you don't have the ability to grab a hold of the Holy Ghost and run into the battle, then let someone come help you. Is that all right? 
but they so often, like his older brother, they think you're just in the way. You're down here just to be a show-off. People look at, look at Tony and go, show-off. People look at you and go, show-off. They think you should just give up. Ain't nobody can fight Goliath. It's too big. It's too hard. They always want to arm you with their armor, their ideas of how to win the battle, while they hide in the place of safety behind the battle lines. Saul, who should have been fighting this battle, was sitting back going, David, I'll tell you what, I'll let you go. Here, put on my helmet. It'll look like me fighting. Put on my coat mail. Put on my sword. And David's, think about this, he's a youth. Come here, come here, one of my youth. Come here, just for a second. Whichever one of you want to come. Come on. All right. Slay like David. I'm not going to call, all the big men just got nervous. I'm not going to do that. But now, yeah. <laughs> That was, that was not even right. All right, put that on there, my friend. All right, let's get that hat. Let's get that hat man size. I'm not picking, I'm not picking. Let's make that man size hat. We always want to dress them. I ought to make you wear my boots. Your feet are probably big as mine, though. We always... <laughs> Hey, if I, if I pulled this belt off, that'd really be a show. <laughs> Except you, my droopy drawers might be the bigger show. But you get, you get the idea. <laughs> you get the idea. We always want to dress somebody in something they're not used to. They're not ready to use. We try to sell them our ideas of how to win the battle. How to win the, when all they need is God. All they need is what God has said. Thank you, young man. Appreciate that. All they need is God. Look at this. So while people are doubting your ability, they're sitting behind trembling in fear. But what are you supposed to do when the world around you is bad-mouthing your God? My daddy's bigger than your daddy, yeah. What are we supposed to do when the world is bad-mouthing our God? There's a fight getting picked right here in our community. I feel it in my bones every time I drive by certain spots in this city. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> you cannot let the devil run his mouth without recompense. Recompense means repayment or punishment. Yep. You can't defy God without judgment. Yeah, right. We get so intimidated when a law is made or something happens or somebody shows up or something is planted near us or somebody says something about us or someone comes to fight with us over where we stand. That we get intimidated and sit back and shake when the word makes it very clear you can't curse God and get away with it. Oh, my word. I'm in the right place. 
If I don't step up, how long will the enemy get away with this intimidation? Forty days, the army stood trembling. Forty days, you could hear their knees rattling. Forty days, you could feel the fear in their heart. And I promise you, Goliath saw the fear in their eyes. And Saul, the king, the biggest man in the kingdom, should have stepped up to the plate, but he was too busy doubting his own abilities and compromising God's word that he didn't have what he needed in the battle. And a young man (laughs) steps up to the plate Ledger's size. And he realizes, I can't go into this battle. I can't go into this battle, Saul, dressed like you. That armor was made for you. I can't fight with your abilities. I can only fight with the ability that God empowers me with. Is this too hard? So, if I don't step up, how long is the enemy going to get away with this? David had to have this thought in his heart and his mind. If not me now, then who when? If I don't take this man on, how long is our armies going to stand here looking like weaklings? How long is our nation going to be under this intimidation if somebody who knows God and has proven God over and over doesn't step up? Someone who can take out a lion. Can you imagine? I walk by the zoo. Have you ever heard a lion growl? Just growl. They don't even have to roar. Just growl. When they walk by and you hear just that deep rumble down inside of that chest cavity, you go, yes, sir. (laughs) That 500 pounds of cat gets what he wants. Have you ever looked at their paws? And the claws, one swipe. Yet this young man, not willing to let even one lamb be sacrificed out of his father's flock, put his own life in jeopardy, but knew the power of God was with him and went and caught that thing by the chinny whiskers. (laughs) He caught him by the beard and Beat the living tar out of him. Killed him. And then went to sleep that night on a lion skin rug. By the time the bear came along, he didn't even have a prayer. Because when you know the victories of your God, you don't doubt the victories of your God. 
this is why we must rehearse the word of God because it's filled from cover to cover with the victories of God and how to live in the victories of God. This book empowers me to be victorious no matter what comes my way. No matter who's standing on the other side of the bloodline, I've got the power to cross into the enemy's territory. Man, you people are radical. If not me now, then who win? If no one else has the right weapons to win this war, then what do I have? What do I have to offer God? I'm a youth. I have a rag and a rock. Little is much in the hands of an awesome God. He didn't need to try to win this battle in Saul's armament. All he had to do was take his trust in God. And the one skill God had trained him in. That's all he needed. All I need is God. All I need is God. Turn to your neighbor and say that. All I need is God. All I need is God, and I'm going to follow it with these next few statements. All I need is God empowering my simple abilities. I don't have to be the sharpest businessman with numbers in my head to be successful in God. I can be successful in business. I don't have to know that much. All I have to know is God. He'll show me what's good. He'll show me what's not good. Mm, look at this. All I need is God empowering my abilities. A stone the most common of all the things on this earth is not lethal lying on the ground. It's a rock. But once it's in the hand of a warrior, it becomes a grenade. I guess it's okay to play rock music up here. <laughs> Come on. A sling is a simple device to pass time with. A toy to a boy. It's a toy to a boy. Now, our slingshots were different. We had that piece of wood shaped like a Y. You'd cut a stick out of a tree, find an old inner tube. Or you bought those ones that had the medical grade rubber straps and it went around your wrist. And you just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a simple device. It's a toy for a boy. but it's a grenade launcher to a shepherd king, a man who pursues with a heart like God's. 
We're almost done. Look at your neighbor and say, thank you, Jesus. Mm. The power of God was in question in this battle. The power of God was in question in this battle. For an entire army was trembling in fear. And it was the power of God that was in question. It wasn't Saul's kingly majesty that was on trial. It was God's name. God's name was on trial. And everyone else heard it as a personal attack. And because it felt personal, no one wanted to step up to the battle. Little David came along and went, what? What did I just hear? So he went around rehearsing, hey, if I do this, what do I get? He rehearsed it. Read it. What do I get? He'd already heard. It was already rumored. Yeah, that's the other. you got to fight that old boy over there. But if you do, you get a wife. You get all kinds of goodies. You get some bling. You get favor with the king. You might get a sleep in the palace. And he's going, nice odds. As Matthew just said from the audience, sometimes all you need is to rehearse faith. You mean, if I take out that loud mouth, I get all this stuff? Now, how attractive is that to a teenage boy? Huh? He's going, hmm. <laughs> but the power of God is a just cause. And all it takes is a simple faith and an enemy that needs his mouth shut for him. That is good enough reason to rise to the occasion to make your presence known and represent what is right. <laughs> he heard that loud mouth standing just outside the bloodline, calling for someone to come across in an act of their flesh so that he could take them out and conquer God's world. God's people. You'll never conquer God's world, trust me. And David heard it and said, oh yeah, oh yeah. And after everyone in the camp tried to discourage him, then tried to redress him, and tried to make them into their little molded image, he shook it off. He said, nope, I got a rock. And I got a sling. And I got a dead lion skin hanging in my tent. And I got a bearskin rug when I'm feeling tired, I just stretch him out for the world to see. And if I can kill a lion and I can kill a bear, that loud mouth ain't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You can clap, yeah. 
And the rest is history as God backs your play and brings your enemy to the ground. One fatal blow and the enemy will perish by his own weapons. <laughs> the thing he brought to intimidate you with will take him out of the battle. I love it that he had to climb up on him to cut his thinking head off. He goes, I ain't even got a sword. I'll use his. Bam! One fatal blow. That's an insult injury for sure. One fatal blow. And then the cowards who criticized will soon sing your praises in the streets. Saul has killed his thousands, and David's killed his ten thousands. But never forget, never forget, this battle wasn't about David. The battle belongs to God. The battle belongs to God. Your just the weapon he chooses. He gets the victory and you get to share it because you get rewarded with his inheritance. Oh, Father, I thank you. God, we magnify you in this room. I pray, Father, that this message was an encouragement to someone today who may be fighting, struggling. The enemies come to the borders of your life, trying to tear down your walls, trying to get you uh, intimidated and to bring you into a place where you start reacting out of your flesh instead of out of your spirit, man. God, I pray for those, Father, who might be going through something today, those that are watching by streaming or television or radio, God, who might be struggling and they needed to hear this today. They needed to know that the Word of God is all you need. That is the stone and the sling that will put the enemy to flight. All you need is the Word of God and the backing with a just cause. And God will back your play. God, I magnify you today, and I pray, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice, that their life will be empowered and encouraged by this simple word. God, I give you honor. If you're here today and you've been struggling with something, you're not afraid to say, I've been struggling and I need some, I need some power in my battle. Would you just raise your hand and let me pray with you? Thank you. That's honest. Yes, thank you. That's honest. Yes, thank you. That's honest. Father, I pray for these right now who just need some help. They're struggling. They've got a battle going on. It's painful. It hurts. It's not fun. The enemy comes at us, and he's trying everything he can to convince us he's bigger than we are, that he has more power, that he, he's come with intimidation to try to knock me out, to get me to act in a wrong way, in a wrong fashion, to get me acting out of my own animal instinct instead of my anointing. God, I pray for these right now in Jesus' name. And I ask, Lord, that you'd have your will and your way.